Welcome to Out of Towners Two Footed Series, and this week's in-depth look is going to be at the transfer window. Absolutely. Should it be a thing, or should we get rid of? Uh, actually, as mentioned um, off mic, it's a newish, relatively new, isn't it? It was made compulsory in the early noughties, wasn't it? I think it was two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah. FIFA made it compulsory. That it was a thing that um, players could only be bought and sold during these specified windows. Before was it where you had until you could sign any any player until March, right? Um, at any time. So if you were challenging for a trophy or you were challenging for the title, you could go to who was probably inevitably would be now Newcastle, <laughs> take out best players, and off you go. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying to think to a time before the transfer window. Um, obviously, it comes in uh, compulsorily in 0203. Obviously, I'd have been 13, 14 there. First season that I properly uh, started going to the game regularly was 95, 96. And I don't really remember much business being done outside. I mean, I remember us signing Jason McAteer. And that was near the start of the season. I know that was September sometime, yeah. but that was that was relatively close to the start of the season that year. We and a lot of players that we signed, like Dietmar Hamann, Stan Collymore, they were all signed in the summer. And that seems to even without the transfer window, the summer seems to be a natural time to update squads. Pre season, yeah, exactly. exactly the big thing. I think mm. in terms of especially, you know, very similar in age, you are a year older than me, which Thanks comes up quite often. Cheers. Um, I think in terms of remembering it when we were younger, I don't know. I don't think whether I would have focused on. I mean, I was. I, I'm as. I was as big a fan of football as I am now, and I. I don't remember a huge debate about it at the time. No. I just remember it kind of coming into being and it being accepted that this and was I, the. I'm uh, trying to think back. I mean, I played FIFA at the time, and I played Football Manager, which was Championship. Yeah, my first game of FIFA was FIFA '96. Yeah, and I. I just don't remember how that mechanic worked, but no. obviously. I, I don't really remember a time if at all before the transfer window no. as it is no um, as you say probably because most deals were done I would have thought, in that natural yeah. in that natural window as it yeah. were even before there was a specified transfer window that natural window of pre-season and summer where players can come in and get to know a squad yeah. bed in and then start the season that's when a lot of deals were done I mean I, we looked well, I looked from um, a Liverpool perspective, and other than McAteer, I couldn't see many big deals being done. You know, in just random months like November, and yeah. January, and, uh, in February, uh, for example. So, I mean, we're both looking at this from a perspective of two fans who are very much ingrained in the transfer window way uh, of doing things, yeah. isn't it? The Jim White way of the life. Jim White, yeah, of grief, yeah. yeah. Jim White, bright yellow tie. Bright red tie, now he's on talks, but kind of the sensationalist rubbish. They've, they've turned that into an entertainment sector all on its own. It's awful, isn't it? It's the, with Sky to a degree, I can understand it because they've got, I know they're not, it's not supposed to be a link, so this is allegedly, but they have a Sky betting company as well. Mm. So, and they have obviously transfer specials where people bet on people, uh, certain players to go and certain. So, I but mean, it used obviously, to be just... that might be the cynic in me that yeah. Sky make up certain stories just to have people lump money on. That may be the cynic if in that me. Got found it's out. alleged. Yeah. Um, I mean, it used yeah. to be that the highlight of the day was Harry Redknapp hanging half out of his car and <laughs> having a chat. I mean, that was yeah. enough for me. Yeah. Uh, as a Newcastle fan, Again, we didn't ever really way. do that much to sit no, business on those that, days. That way of. Um, 
that always it was entertaining. Again, it's it's, it's entertaining, and they build these transfers. I mean, this the the one that's just gone in January, just gone now. Yeah, that was it's such a damn squib, like so anti <laughs> yeah. anti climactic. But Sky was still trying to make it seem like loads was going on because it's so important to watch Sky up until the end of the deadline, and nothing. Everyone who wanted to get most of it, apart from Batshuayi to Palace. Who went a couple to bed of others, before. Yeah, yeah. Apart and a couple of other relatively small deals. Nothing was done, and I think it's dying a little bit. The whole deadline day, especially in winter. Yeah, and 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 my opinion, you know, my opinion. I think if there is a transfer window, I just have, uh, and I don't know how this would work with, uh, and you can come at me in a minute with, with the the semantics of it all, but. I think there should be a fairly long transfer window that starts at the very end of the season. So as soon as the last game of the season is, um, as soon as the full time whistle's gone, Champions League, is, yeah, Champions League finals done, transfer window is open, and then it shuts a few days before the start of the season. Plenty of time to get deals. But that's what it then, is now. Yeah, but then there's the winter one. I wouldn't have the winter one, so I'd have that window there yeah. in summer. Get your squad, get all your ducks in a row, and that's who you've got. And then you can have, if in place, short-term emergency loans, whether you have like six or seven injuries in a certain area. Sanctioned by yeah, the exactly, FA. Yeah, exactly, sanctioned by the FA. I, I just think the transfer window in January, it does exactly what we don't want doing at the start of the season. So now we shut it at the start of the season, before the season starts. We shut it then to stop this whole destabilising effect on a squad. And that's exactly what it does in January. You're only halfway through the season. Mm. So your best... I mean, we lost Coutinho. I mean, it, it ended up not being a too bad... You lost Coutinho weeks before he went. We did. Because um, somehow he developed a back... Well, well no, problem. no. He, he d- developed a back injury during the August um, window. Oh, he did, yes, that yes. Kept him, he, that, this back injury, um, we don't know a great deal about, but I, I surmise it was something to do with him being spineless. Again, Liverpool fans, if you want to argue with me, go for it. Um, so that kept him out of the first few games of last season and then he came back in played fairly well and then got his move in January thankfully to us that didn't really have an effect we still got to the Champions League final and we still finished in the top four yeah. um, we and then you bought Shaqiri yeah exactly um, but to other teams who weren't in um, such a good position as us who we had such like a, a wealth of attacking options without Coutinho in there if their best player goes in that January window, look at Southampton. Like when Van Dijk went, I know he didn't play well with them for them in the lead up to him leaving for us. But they were a nosedive last year to the point where obviously, I mean, Mark Hughes is a terrible man. Well, yeah, this season as well. Oh well, yeah, exactly. But losing a player of any of a top player in the January transfer window could affect a whole season. Well, that the rest of that season, and I just think if you had your ducks in a row. By the st- the first game week one of the Premier League or whatever league you're watching, and then have things in place like a short term emergency loan, um, not window but deals that you can do. I think that's I think that would work far better than now. And obviously agents wouldn't be happy because they'd lose even more dealing time and uh, they'd lose out on more money. But I don't care about agents. I really yeah. could not care less about the agents. I think that's what I think that's what was hoping with with the window wasn't they were yeah. hoping more money was going to be shared. And it does. I mean, we're, we're going to come on to in a little while in terms of who went where at what time and how very yeah. much. But I think looking at the minute, uh, maybe some managers who just over the years have been less than positive about the entire thing. Complimentary. Yeah. Um, Steve Coppel, who was then at Reading, um, big uh, United legend. 
Yeah. He's copyright. He he doesn't like um, transfer window. He, he says that it breeds panic. It does. I mean, I think uh, you, you put this up on uh, one of our note things that we, we look at beforehand. And I only read it briefly, but... I looked at that talking about uh, panic buys and I couldn't agree more. Mm. Like, he says, I cannot see the logic in the transfer window. It brings on a fire sale mentality, causes unrest by the media and means clubs are too have too many players. Yeah. I mean, it, a, a lot of our fans, and even I've mentioned on the podcast before, were crying out for us either to buy an attacking midfielder this January gone or a new defender. Now, when all of our defenders are fit and all of our midfielders come back, then you've got players you've got you've got too many players and you limit youth ability and it upsets your squad yeah um i'd agree with steve Coppel there but i'd mainly agree about the 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 winter window i i think having been able to do because i remember reading that Coppel wanted it to go back to the way it was yeah the short terms yeah yeah um I wouldn't want to be able to do deals pretty much throughout the season. I don't think that. I think that would. Well, be... a man who agrees with you mm. uh, is the um, just departed Arsene Wenger, who back yeah. in 2013 I actually remember this. Um, he came out and basically moaned about one matter leaving Chelsea for United. I remember thinking he had a point. Yeah, because well. one matter had played Arsenal twice. Yeah. In Chelsea colours. Yeah. Yet United still had a fixture against them. So one matter in effect was playing three games at least against United against, against Arsenal, one, against against Arsenal, Arsenal sorry, yeah. in one season. Yeah. And you know, a player of his quality can make a difference. Can make a difference. Yeah. Can make result change results, especially if he knows how United are going to play. Exactly. You know, I think I think that's a great point for Wenger as well, and it just backs up my point of of getting rid of the January transfer window. Now I don't know Wenger's uh, views on the the transfer window. I don't know if he'd want it to go back to the old ways or if he'd just get rid of the winter window, um, but. That January window has a potential to completely derail team season. Yeah, and I mean, uh, what a nice way to move on to our last part of this segment is Pellegrini backed Arsene Wenger in saying about the this idea of players moving. He said that it's a big club get big club game. They can take players from whoever they like. Yeah, yeah. And I think that really does back up what has happened over the years mm. um, in terms of one of the first sort of. Dealings. Yeah. yeah, it was Steve Bruce. He brought in Christophe Dugary. I remember Dugary, uh, For yeah. Birmingham. And it helps save their season. So, yeah. effective. So, it can, yeah, I mean, it can be... There will always be examples of it going one way or the other. Yeah. Helping a season or derailing a season. Well, should we go into some of that? Go on then. Uh, I mean, the last one I'm going to, we're going to speak in before I throw some names at you. Um, Dimitar Berbatov was set for City yeah. before United swooped in with a 30.75 million I remember watching that uh, live history. I remember watching that live on that yellow ticker tape on Jim White yeah. Day no longer transferred on day it's Jim White Day yeah. isn't it um, I've never known a man so up himself but <laughs> we'll move on from Jim White no I remember that it was a really good deal for United um, it did look like and a bad one for City because they rushed into getting Rubinho for 32 million and I mean, you could argue the merits of the Rubinho deal that it showed that they were now big spenders, but he he had nowhere near the impact that Berbatov could have had. Nowhere. He, he was he was one of those traditional Brazilian players who promises a lot, doesn't really flitting deliver. in and out of games. But yeah. it, that harks back to Steve Coppel and panic buy. Right? Yeah, obviously they couldn't get Berbatov from United, so they had to go and get a big name, and yeah. Rubinho was a big name at the time. 
I wonder if that would be the same now where a player would choose City or uh, United over City. Not a hope in hell. But let's yeah. carry on. Yeah. Let's move on. Right, so <laughs> uh, the first one's going to be very, very easy. Um, effective or not, VVD. Very effective. Yeah, I agree. 30, 75 million. 75 million. No well, one's even it. talking about that fee now. Yeah. No one's. I'd say him and Laporte are the best two centre-backs in the league. I'd argue, from my point of view, I think VVD's the best. There's no centre-back in European football that I'd rather have than VVD. Yeah. No. Um, Oscar to China for 60 million. I just put that in there just to... That was a weird Oscar one. for I mean, 60 It's great business from Chelsea. Yeah. It's great business from Chelsea. But, I mean, at that time, he wasn't really uh, doing a great deal at Chelsea. He'd had a few... Uh, he, he did okay at Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, but, again, it's, it's linking the Oscar deal. It reminds me of the Arnautovic deal where he nearly went to China. And we don't know how that's going to affect the rest of West Ham season. He had his head turned. The West Ham fans weren't happy with him. Well, he told the West Ham fans that. He was, he's, he's, you know, for his family and his entire career. He was better off staying at West Ham. But, but before that, he said he wanted to leave for titles. Chinese titles. You know those ones that you dream of as a boy? Winning league titles in the Chinese Super League. The only Chinese titles I like is Sweet and Sour No, this isn't true because you have, as Liverpool, you have use this sort of technique. Uh, Pulisic signed effect- he effectively signed in Poor the winter Chelsea, yeah. but will only arrive at su- in the summer. Mm. Uh, what's your, what are your views behind sort of buying in winter for summer? Well we did that with Kate well no we did something similar with we signed him um, in well we signed him in the summer window and we left a year yeah. in between it. So it was, it's again it's one of these delayed it's obviously a deal so Dortmund don't lose face. Um, the top of the league so if they end it even though they're not, not using him yeah they're not using him but if they did sell him then they went on a, a, a nosedive or Sancho got an injury they'd be the fans would be in uproar so I think it's it's a clever deal for Dortmund um, don't know if it's too clever for Chelsea though. I've been seeing him play against Spurs the other night though. yeah that's a, for I another that, time yeah. isn't it um, talking about VVD and who you mentioned Laporte was also a winter signing was he? I'd yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah. Fifty-seven point two. Well, yeah, he's he's turned out to be absolute quality. So it sure. I mean, I know you'll mention a few other names that will argue against this, but it does show that you can get a good deal in the uh, winter window. I've never said you can't get a good deal in the winter window. I just disagree with its timing. I think I think with the winter window, I think you pay a little bit more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at VVD. I still think we'd have probably ended up having to sign, sign Virgil van Dijk for a similar fee in the summer, yeah. to be honest. Do you, think, do, you think, do you think City could have got Laporte for slightly cheaper? That was his release Oh, they'd, they'd, they'd have definitely got him cheaper in the summer. Um, but then um, you, wor- you worry about getting gazumped by someone else yeah. or someone else coming in. Uh, that's, why, that's why I would have thought we'd have been so desperate to get the van Dijk deal done that January. I mean, we actually announced it before the winter window opened. We announced it like late December. We said, "Well, effectively, you announced it the year previous because the summer window where we had to apologise to Southampton for our dealings." Whoopsie daisies. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool are still. I mean, you'd be better <laughs> run. It goes without right. saying. That was a mistake. I mean, it was just it was it, information was leaked by the club that it shouldn't have been leaked. We ended up getting the player, um, but you can It is. It's. It strains the winter window. You, like you said, you do have to pay extra because teams want to be fairly compensated for losing a certain player in the middle of the season yeah. rather than at the end. <clears throat> but there are deals that can be done. Uh, two players who both of us have an affinity with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torres to Chelsea for £50 million. Mm. And straight after, Carroll from Newcastle 
to Liverpool for 35 million. We'll start with the first one. Um, I'm not embarrassed to say I was absolutely devastated by Torres to Chelsea at the time. Absolutely crestfallen. Um, it was only... The blow was only softened by the fact that he'd been poor for that first well, few months. So you could I think argue... has come out and said... Well, Carragher and Gerard did like a... At the time or a few months after... Um, they did like a... They were on goals on Sunday with Chris Kamara and, um, and whoever the other guy is. And he was asked the question, uh, do you think Torres' effort levels went down in the last few months? And Torres and Gerard, uh, Not Torres and Gerard, Gerard and Carragher basically implied that only Torres knows if he down tools or not. But So they, they obviously felt at the time that he could have... in terms of what he did at Chelsea... I don't know whether... You could argue that he was already on the decline. He was already on the decline. Because yeah. I think... Was it Carragher? It was one of your ex-players who basically came and said, I couldn't believe it was 50 million mm. because the player I was seeing, he'd lost through the injuries and things. He'd I think, lost I think that, that might special. have been Carragher. Um, but, I mean, it was a great, it was a good deal uh, if you look back at it in isolation because he didn't do a great deal at Chelsea. Um, he didn't. He definitely didn't do 50 million's worth at that time. 50 million now doesn't get you a great deal. No. But 50 million then... But then you look at what we did with the money. Exactly, that's about the next um, point. And from a completely biased point of view, I'm going to tell you that £35 million was worth every penny for that goal he scored in the FA Cup semi-final to dump Everton out of yet another cup competition. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> is sort of biased. I'll but, always say that, I'll but, always say that. But Goal to game ratio is what no. a striker is based on. Is yeah. Andy Carroll a shrewd... No, purchase. no, no, he wasn't. I mean, I don't think anyone would say Panic, yes. he was panic purchase. I think every Liverpool fan would agree with me in that that £35 million for that one goal in the semi-final was worth it. But in all seriousness, I mean, that's tongue-in-cheek, in all seriousness, it was a panic buy. Um, I was living in Newcastle at the time doing my teacher training. Um, and let me guess, a lot of Geordies were very confused. They, were, they weren't confused, they were angry. So I was at a course the day after deadline day um, and they'd already been um, graffiti written on a bridge near one of the courses about about Ashley and the Carroll dealing and they were angry that they'd, they'd sold him for one I bet it's still not washed off and probably not no. it's probably not been attempted to wash off really but um, they were angry at the time I would have thought over time they'd been happy with it because of how his career's panned out he actually came in he was injured for us for a little while and one Shock. of his yeah and then one of his first games I don't think it was his very first game but I think it might have been his first start we beat Man City 3-0 and he scored two amazing goals. He scored a header where he got above a couple of players into the top corner and he scored a very similar goal to one he scored against us at St. James's Park from about 25 yards out yeah. into the bottom corner. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think I've come across as maybe a hater around the car. No, 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 you haven't. He, he, for six months or so, he was brilliant. I think. Was well, that's what we signed him like on. 10, 12 goals he scored in that yeah, period. Yeah. But that's, that's all we signed him on. Yeah. Like, he'd only been in the Premier League for, I mean, since the August. And we were worried that we'd lost toys. And the idea was that we, I mean, uh, one of the names on your list that I meant, well, I mentioned to you off mic was Suarez. We signed Suarez for around 22 million, yeah. which, is, which in hindsight is absolutely ridiculous money considering he became arguably the best number nine in world football and at the time. And then didn't effectively need. A thirty-five million. Exactly, time. but the the thought of Suarez with Torres upsets us because we think he could have got an extra year out of Torres, you know, at his peak because yeah, yeah. Torres wouldn't have had to do the work that he had been doing previously. What we should have done, and again, it's with hindsight, was kept the money back and waited until summer, and that backs up you saying it was nothing but a panic buy. Yeah, 
I mean, don't worry. Mike Ashley has had many a nice meal on <laughs> on Andy Carroll. On Andy Carroll, <laughs> do not worry about that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, one which baffles me still to this day: um, Wilfred Bonny to City, City for twenty-seven and a half million. He was quality for Swansea. Wasn't quality he? for Swansea in his first in his yeah. first uh, spell there. Yeah. yeah. Second spell didn't work but out that well, but it just shows it's this stupid thing that happens. We need a striker. Clubs. We need a striker. Yeah, yeah. We, we need, need a striker. backup striker. Yeah, they go for a striker who's doing well at a club which maybe the expectations aren't as great. Mm. It's like it's like what I would argue the Mara's effect is right now, mm. in that they've bought a player who was absolute quality for his previous club mm. and probably can't back up. I see. I disagree with that to a degree. I think you're right on uh, on Boney. I think they signed. They wanted to sign him, and it's a lot of money for, back then for oh, what was, was essentially yeah. a backup striker. They signed him because he was, he was scoring lots of goals for Swansea, but he was never going to get ahead of Aguero. And what they wanted at the time, Aguero, and even now to a degree, still suffers from injury problems. And they wanted someone who could come in and do what Aguero does, and no one can do what Aguero does. But Boney's still flattered to deceive. He still didn't do what he'd been doing, whereas with Mares. I don't think the issue with Mahrez is not backing up what he can do. I think the issue is that he's not being used properly. Mahrez was at his best for Leicester when he was playing game in, game out, when he could get a rhythm of games. But was that not true of Andy Carroll at Newcastle? I don't know. I, th- I think that's a little bit like apples and oranges to a degree. I think Mahrez is, is... I mean, he was signed for £60 million. Like, he, him and Kante and Vardy were the, the kind of ha- holy... Like trio that won Leicester the league. Yeah. I mean, Mahrez, PFA Player of the Year, African Player of the Year. Um, I think he should be settling in well at that City team, <clears throat> but he isn't. Because and and it's, I don't think it's anything to do with Mahrez. I think it's solely because he has Leroy Sane and Raheem Sterling in front of him, who are currently playing out of their skins. Yeah. It's true. Whereas Boney was just like you said at the start of this bit, was just a weird one. Like he was never going to do what Aguero does ever. No. And. Let's move on to the last name then. Yeah. Um, somebody who I, I find the most bizarre signing on the planet. Go on. Cenk Tosser for twenty-seven million. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we, can we just bizarre. can we just have two minutes of me laughing constantly at this because <laughs> this is amazing. Cenk Tosser for twenty-seven million. I was told whilst listening to the radio by Big Sam that he was going to revolutionise Everton up front. I heard Everton fans talking about them signing this big lad from... Where did they sign him from? It was from... It was from a Turkish team, wasn't Turkish it? Turkish team. Was it, it wasn't Besiktas, was it? It was Besiktas. Yeah. So signing from Besiktas and having signed a big lump from Besiktas to replace... They, they signed him to replace Lukaku because they're similar builds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was told that this was going to be a change of the guard. This was going to be the... It was almost like Everton fans telling me Yannick Bellassi was better than Sadio Mane. It's so funny. Like, yeah. No, uh, it, I just it, want to read a few quotes, if I may. Not have you got the, stats to make me laugh as well? Because I'm sure the stats would make me laugh. Well, let me tell you. I've got. I've got. <laughs> right, I, I can. I can tell you the Everton ones in a, in a short while. But the Besiktas one was 96 games, 41 goals. Right. So which is less. Pretty, than, it's, it's less than what it's, it's one in two almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that math this this time is better. Great. Better maths. Yeah. yeah. But um, in terms of what Sam Allardyce said, he said. He's an all-rounder with good movement. I've never seen him move. No. I'm not going to lie. I don't he's, think Everton fans have seen him move. He is apparently two-footed. Right. Perhaps not the biggest, but he's very efficient in the air and in the box. He gets good space to get his head on the ball. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Allardyce was sacked solely for that signing. <laughs> Nothing to do with the silent play. Can I just literally? Can I just go to my best? Because we were actually me- mentioned with Cenk Tosson until we heard he was over twenty million. Newcastle, then, yeah. You know, very quickly we did. We oh. stopped. But uh, Sam Allardyce came out and said that Cenk Tosson is the best player in Europe at the twenty-five million pound mark. Uh, that, that either says a lot about Sam Allardyce. Or a lot yeah. about the other players who are at the £25 million mark. It must tell you that £25 million now gets you absolutely nothing. But £13 million, I'll keep marking my this <laughs> does. Yeah. Uh, in terms of his Everton career, it doesn't... It, <laughs> it doesn't... Told you these stats would make me smile. 30 games? Yeah. Go on, have a, have a, have a goosey, have a guess. 30 league games. 30 league games. I'm going to go maybe six goals. Seven. Seven? Seven goals. <laughs> which is... By all intents and purposes, absolutely. But him as rubbish. a player should he, he shouldn't just be judged on goals. He should be judged on what he brings to the team. And what Lukaku did for Everton was he was so strong and powerful. He brought others into play. And Tulson can't do that. Well, I think Lukaku that, can't do that. Well, he can't no. at the moment. No, but that's what Lukaku did for Everton and why he was so yeah, successful at Everton. I think um, I don't want to talk for the Blues um, across the road. But I would like to think um, they're in agreement with me when I say it's probably time to get rid. Yeah, you never. You can't possibly think. I've said to you quite a few times: you don't go looking for a striker in Turkey. If any, no, exactly. If any Everton fan disagrees with me about that comment, they're disagreeing with me solely because I'm a red. That's the only. If you do want to disagree, at Towner's podcast, exactly. Will be the place you need to disagree with us. Tell me why Chink Tosin is a world class striker, please. Please. I mean, don't rest on his statistics because you ain't going to win that no, battle. No. Um, don't rest on Tosin either because that's nothing new. I mean. So let's sum this up. Yeah. I think the transfer window in, in the winter is just about good enough for the game. And I, I still think I've not heard anything to suggest to me. I mean, I know we've done deals in January that have helped the club. But on the whole, I'd rather just have that summer window. Do you think it's going to change? No. not any- I mean, we, we said earlier that obviously the Premier League clubs have, have voted to have it change- the summer window shut earlier, didn't we? You've not spoken that, actually. What no, do you think about that? I think it's a good idea, but just, I mean... Would you like the rest of Europe to follow? I think it only works if that happens. Yeah, yeah. Because I made a point to you off mic that everything that Barca did with Coutinho last year wouldn't change because yeah. Barca could still sign him now. Um, European clubs can still buy from from English clubs. I think it only works if everyone closes at the same time. At the moment now, we close just before the season starts. Like 7th of and August. Then, and, then, yeah, and then the European teams can effectively try and cherry-pick players without other te- our English teams being able to so replace leagues, them. leagues disadvantage, yeah, exa- isn't it? Exactly, it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's not, It's at the minute, it's not fair. I think there should be a global, not, not necessarily a global, but a continent-wide transfer window that shuts before each season starts, either a week before or a few days uh, before Bundesliga, La Liga, Premier League. Um, and I think that should be it. Until um, the following May. Until the following May. Unless yeah. it's an emergency deal. Unless there are emergency deals. I don't know. I, I can't see it. For me, it's pie in the sky. I think they'll keep it as it is for now, but I still think the English Premier League in particular is at a disadvantage because of closing earlier. Yeah. 
Well, I think we've covered that. Yeah, uh, so. All we've got left to say is we we've, will... We've definitely two-footed that topic, haven't we? We've two-footed that topic. We have. <laughs> uh, you're trying to get a catchphrase out. I am, I am, yeah. <laughs> see what you're doing. Um, all we've got left now is just to say thank you for listening. Yeah. And we will be back with you on Saturday for our normal Roundup podcast for the week. Look forward to it. See you then. <laughs>